0: What is going on out there lacrosse fans and sports bettors alike welcome on in another rousing rendition here of bet on lacrosse we're not only aiming to catch those tickets we're aiming to make you better bettors each and every week we're still waiting on some people to hop in here on our live edition but if you're listening to this on the replay we got the boys back in town we are I'll, I'll admit I'm missing my guy JB I'm missing my guy Brian Andrews but if to bring back my the PB to my jelly, to bring him back, if we had to kick those two guys off the show for this week, so be it, Hutton. Because we are welcoming back my guy. I haven't done a show with him in too long. Parker Blake back on the show, Pro Lacrosse Talk, and co-creator of the PLL Betting Report. He's also uh, the cruncher on the machine as well. We got Hutton Jackson with us as well. But PB... Man, that beard is looking strong, and it's good to be back with you. How's it going, brother?
1: Hey, it's going great, man. Like you said, it's been way too long since I've been on here. I mean, who else is going to have anybody rooting for unders but me? Everyone hates unders,
0: but you know that's what I'm here for. And don't forget that two and a half unders and dogs, unders and Unders and dogs. Yeah, that's a man after my own heart. I mean. Unders, I've actually been – you and Brian Andrews are the sole reason that brought me around on Unders. I used to be like, I can't play these Unders. They stress me out too much, and you opened up my eyes to the world that is betting unders and it might even be more fun than betting overs because you also get to brag when things do go under and everybody else is like we were all the points well you probably should have handicapped it just a little better but uh, let's also welcome in our guy Hutton Jackson Action Network producer also the host of pro lacrosse talk Hutton I think it was a pretty good week one in the PLL for all of us some of us had such a damn good weekend they might even be limited on different sports books but this is uh, this is the uh, the game that we play, I suppose. Hutton, what's going on, man? I'm doing well, and you know,
2: I know it's been a while for you to be joined by Parker, but uh, I had the pleasure of being with Parker on Monday for PLT Live Twitter Spaces. Parker is putting in work this week; he is making appearances on PLT BOL. And we're reviving the Fantasy Lacrosse podcast with Parker as one of the guys at the helm of that. So you guys can tune into that. That'll come out later this week before the games. Um so shout out to Parker for putting in the work this week. And I'm glad Parker kind of talked about the underdogs and you know, taking the the unders in games, underdogs, two and a half. Cause I was doing this uh video for action about like MLB betting, and it's just amazing like how people don't really think about, you know, betting plus money plays can really set you up in the future even if you're still historically going below 50%. Um I did a video and you know I feel like we're kind of at the cusp of that with lacrosse now but you know they have data going all the way back to 2005 and if you were to take favorites since 2005 um you'd hit at a 53% rate but you'd be down 300 units whereas if you were betting underdogs you'd be only going 43% but you'd be up 200 units so that just shows kind of again like it's not always picking the winner it's also you know good bankroll management knowing uh when to play the plus money plays and stuff and in a league like the plo where the parity is at its highest uh it's important to know so i'm glad parker i think parker's strategy has a lot of credence to it and i'm happy to have him uh share a little bit
1: more of that today hey yeah. i've always joked that i i've always been a plus money better because i'm a bad better but uh i'm plus i'm plus on the like overall units so i can't
0: complain too much <laughs> No and I I'm I'm right there with you man like I always am the one who's the contrarian I'm always the one who's making the case because you just set yourself up for long-term success not if you're always taking dogs like the reason why they're underdogs is because the implied probability is lower however if you're able to really dissect and pick good spots for plus money plays Hutton just nailed it and he had the numbers to back it up sure it's a different sport but we say all the time use different sporting uh you know axioms and and ways that you attack handicapping games in lacrosse and because it's such a virgin market um you're going to set yourself up for success so I'm not saying you know anytime you see a crazy plus money play but go and sprinkle on it but um you know if you had the balls to take chrome this past week you know getting the two and a half and sprinkle a little bit on the money line that closed at a plus 190 take back so you know you 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 get let's say you're a ten dollar better you get 19 back on that ten dollars that you bet and that nine could have covered you if you had a, a play that you maybe laid one ten on, so now you're only down um you know point two units you're only down two dollars as opposed to being down um you know massive because all you're trying to do is keep laying the juice and oh well, the odds makers must know something um you know i am I'm, I'm right there with you guys that you you have to be judicial in the way that you're picking these games and i I think um you know hot sure it was it was a baseball stat that you were laying out. But I think you you kind of touched upon it there that especially in a newer market, um, using some of these while there isn't the giant database and the giant, um, you know, I guess uh, uh, data pool to draw from, um, you know, using some of these other strategies have proved really successful for us. I'm not saying we're millionaires betting this stuff, um, but, you know, it it just – We've started to learn that there isn't just one simple way. There's no there's no cookie cutter handicapping method. You have to really figure what works for you and your bankroll. And I think you're kind of coming around that, you know, finding some of these these dog spots um, is is maybe one of the most advantageous ways to bolster your bankroll. Am I right? And kind of, you know, taking that away from what you were saying.
2: No, absolutely. And, you know, I think uh, night and day from last year to this year, I credit you and uh, Doug a lot from kind of teaching me like side, side of betting. And now I feel like I'm pretty experienced in it because, you know, last year, I wasn't really worried about, like, how much I was laying. And, you know, now these days, if I'm laying more than 130, it, it's tough for me to do. You know, usually I just pass. And I think that's the other thing, just knowing when, like, you don't have to play either side sometimes. Just knowing when to pass on games and stuff. We say that all the time on here, you know. We'll have some leans here. And then but most of the time, like, we're we're not worried about saying we're passing on a game because it's hard to read. Um, but, yeah, I think you brought up a good point. And even though the data still on lacrosse isn't there yet, our guys Parker and Brian are putting in a lot of work with this bet on the cross report. So reach out to us if you're interested in, you know, checking that out and we're kind of building that database. You know, we already have a lot of data from last year that shows that taking underdogs against the spread has been profitable. Um, Even taking underdogs, you know, uh, straight up, it was almost at a 50%. And if you're betting those underdogs, obviously, you know, we mentioned the Chrome being plus 190. you're getting a plus money play. So, even though going at 50%, you're going to be profitable. So, um, yeah, definitely reach out if you're interested in that and uh, can't say enough about uh, the work they have done so far uh, in this past two years.
0: Yeah, we've already added several um, folks who have reached out to us to to get in on that betting report. So, you know, I, I completely echo those sentiments. These guys, um, you know, we wouldn't feel as confident about some of these plays without it. So on today's episode, we're going to break down all four games. And as Hutton said, you know, a lot of leans, I didn't, I don't know about you guys, and we'll get into it once we get into PLL. We're actually going to lead with the NLL as it is the NLL finals game two preview Hutton has a play and one that I backed up on as well. Um, but I, I didn't love the PLL board this week. Like nothing really jumped off the board that like, oh my god, you have to bet this, though. The further I dissected it and maybe looked at some spots, um you'll probably notice a lot of contrarianism coming out of the uh, the microphone for me. So, uh we'll we'll get into that, but let's just start real quick and we'll, and we'll, you know, get in and get out cuz we're both looking the same way in this uh Bandits win game 1. I mean, <laughs> Betting the NLL has been next to impossible for me because it's so damn competitive, but the games are so entertaining. Like if you're a lacrosse fan and you're not throwing this on, you're doing yourself a disservice because the stars are showing out. They did in game one against the bandits and the mammoth. And while the bandits did get home, they still, you know, are struggling to cover some of these games. So Mammoth, Bandits, the uh, the spread in this one is one and a half. And I, I neglected. I didn't grab the total before we hopped on here. But Hutton, how are you breaking this game down? And do you see value either way? I mean, since the games have been so close, does this just play towards the dog? Or, or how are you going to attack this NLL finals? Because how I'm going to attack it is just roll with whatever you're picking, kick my feet up with a little pizza money, and hopefully pay for that pizza money while watching this game.
2: Yeah, um, so I've I benefited from taking the underdogs against the spread against the Bandits despite them winning the past uh, in, in their Toronto series. I took Toronto plus one and a half both times and I both paid off. Toronto nearly won those games outright. Um, and then I took the other side, I took the Bandits minus one and a half this last game. The Mammoth covered. So very, you know, recency bias here, but the Bandits have failed to cover the minus one and a half the past three games. They're still squeaking out these wins. And uh, that's not to say, you know, they Won't actually win by more than one this time around and win the championship, but I do like the mammoth at home, uh, getting the plus one and a half. I think they've proven they can hang with the bandits this past game. Um, I think they're you know have some home field advantage too, home floor advantage being in Colorado as well. So I think that's kind of what made me lean that way. And then you can still get a plus 105 on bet MGM. So I think that's like where you know for me it was when draft teams came out and it was minus 130. It was just a lean, it was kind of like a stay away, but again, plus money. You you wanna again limit your risk a little bit there. So um, you know, you bet ten dollars on it, you're taking back ten fifty. Um, so for full disclosure, I actually have uh, I got to bandits future way later than I should have, but I did eventually get in at minus one oh five. So I have that kind of riding. So I'm gonna do a half unit on the band or I'm gonna do a half unit on the mammoth plus one and a half. It would be a full unit play for me, but I just don't want to lose all my bandits money if the bandits do you know perchance win by more than one um and end up winning this nll final so kind of uh hedging a little bit there but um you know if the they do only win by one um i i win both bets if they uh they end up losing outright i get a little bit and then i can still let that ride uh, in game three so that's kind of how i'm playing it but as a given out a play. I like a, a full unit at plus 105 on BetMGM uh, for the Mammoth, plus one and a half. I think they could get the, the win, so you might even want to sprinkle on the money line, but um, in terms of this Bandits team just looks really, really good, so I, I think just even taking the points is, uh, is a good play.
0: Yeah, I, I it doesn't take me much. It's, like I said, not only am I getting points, I'm getting plus 105. So that's my pizza money bet. I'm right there with you. I'll be kicking my feet back with a cold snack and enjoying this one, Hutton. Uh, so I can't wait for that one. Great weekend of lacrosse coming up here. So uh, looking forward to that game right there. So, uh, man, I just – if you want to put on the tinfoil hat, NLL definitely wants a game three because then, you know, they get revenue, they get ticket sales, they get everything. PLL wants this to end. They want it to be a blowout win so they can get all their stars back in the league. Uh, but, um, you know, there's uh, there, there's definite ways, um, you know, to maybe attack that either way. But plus one and a half, plus 105 Mammoth, that's one of the best bets that we have for here, you, here for you, excuse me, in the NLL Finals. Guys, let's get to the PLL full slate. Another four games. These ones going down in Charlotte so uh love to see that different spots here for all these games love the tour model that they're doing up um would love to get down there in Charlotte but uh will not be making it this weekend I will be betting on it however and Hutton I'm actually going to throw it right back your way because the day we saw um the injury report come out I think the PLL heard some of the feedback from last season about maybe the frustrations with people betting on these games we want an injury report and we want it earlier in the week so they've been doing a pretty good job of making sure it's only week two but Wednesday last week we knew who was going to be out who was doubtful um we know that now too and I think some 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 decent betting implications with some of these injuries um, and I'll throw it your way for just that kind of overview of that update before we get into these spreads and totals
2: yeah, shout out to the you know PLL. They have an injuries page now on their website. Um, I believe it's premierlacrosseleaguecom slash injuries. Um, so pretty straightforward there. They've been updating that. They put out the graphic. I believe it's Wednesday, Friday they're updating it. So you get to know kind of early in the week, kind of when these lines are coming out. And then, you know, right before game time, you'll you'll kind of find out too. So um, I think the notable ones are Grant Amon is still injured. He's doubtful. Um, so it doesn't look like he's going to play. Um, and they're playing a chaos team that has kind of had their number, even with grant aim And then, uh, John Sexton's out again. Um, that kind of was evident that his loss was kind of evident. I think, in, uh, last week's game, again, they were playing the Atlas, so no small feat there, but, uh, Perkovic is also doubtful. So not looking great for the Redwoods. Um, Rob Pinnell did not show up on the injury report. So that's good. He ended up returning to that game. Um, still didn't look hundred percent. So got to monitor to see how he, uh, ends up doing this game. But, um, yeah, I, I, those are like the big ones. Another one that's kind of sneaking under the radar and it kind of affected the water dogs in week one too is their captain, Steve Napoli, uh, short stick defensive midi. He's the, probably their best short stick on the team. Um, you know, Zach Courier is also a two-way guy, but, you know, he, he he needs some rest here and there at some point. So wouldn't be surprised if maybe Jay Higgins, the Maryland short stick defensive midi, he was like their number two, number three guy with uh, Bubber Fairman. On Maryland this year maybe he makes his uh appearance in the lineup but um that worries me a little bit for the water dogs just the fact that they don't really have a go-to short stick defensive midi and we've seen teams like the chrome like the atlas that have the, you know the whip snakes they have two to three guys that can lock you down with a short stick and it makes it really hard on the offenses and um you know we had a good discussion on plt earlier on monday uh, charlie white brought up how that's kind of been the x factor for a lot of these teams so Those are the big takeaways for me for the injury report and how it affects betting.
0: Yeah, I think you nailed it right there. And let's roll right on into this PLL slate. We had, uh, just to recap what we saw in week one, three out of the four, the dogs were barking. It was Parker and I's week. Three out of the four dogs covered. Two of them went outright. That was Chrome and Cannon's. Chrome were getting that beautiful two and a half. The free money continues cashing with that spread. And we see it again, though I will say, if you're back in the two and a half this week, you, you may need some antacid on that one. One of our antacid specials here on bet on the Cross. The totals kind of split two and two to the over to the under. But the prop that was put up by Barstool Sports, which was just such a fun one, the Rabel, which was 97 and a half total goals over under that cashed pretty comfortably. I think it was 92 total goals that we saw. I had my abacus all weekend long, putting one to the side putting one to the side putting one to the side and thank God the under came through. Cause this, this, the statistics said the under, um, you know, a, a betting axiom that leagues usually start lower scoring said, play the under. Um, if you added up all the totals, you were still looking at an under with the hook. So, um, you know, all of it was saying the under glad that that actually gets home as well. So was, uh, so I was happy about that right there. Um, you know, I, I, I just think that's exciting. You know what I mean? Like getting that, those kind of like just prop bets. I, I said to you, and we were going back and forth on, uh, on Twitter about this Hutton is a bet like that is great. Cause you get to put one unit or whatever you want to bet on it. And you automatically have action on every single game without doing a four leg parlay that by the end of the first game, once everybody thought the whip snakes were going to be rolling, uh, Um, They don't end up covering that game. And guess what? Your parlay is already dead. So it was a great way to get action on every game. And it was even better since uh, the squad all went on the under. Of course, the bet on lacrosse guys went on the under. We were the one team that in the championship last year, do you remember that, Hutton and and, and PB, when everybody was saying, there's going to be so many goals scored. This is going to be amazing. And we were like, no this game is going under and it got sweaty but that game stayed under so a shocker Hutton, that in week one there was a prop for all the goals and we cashed an under on it
2: yeah i know and that last, last year one i mean hit a pipe and went like to the midline off the pipe <laughs> The pipe hurt down the world and we were in the the press box i was in the press box for that too and it was just yeah it was crazy uh to witness um live and just you know sweating that one out but uh yeah, and I think what was interesting, too, takeaway from this week is I feel like a lot of games start out fast and then the defense kind of gets settled. And that's the one thing about the PLL that is a little bit different in a viewing experience than in college is, you know, the fact that they're 48-minute games. I felt like these games, they started out like a lot of them. Obviously, the Atlas Redwoods was destined to go over, but um, one like the Cannons, it uh, it did go end up going over uh, like I predicted, but it was a much sweatier over than I thought it would be because they got out hot, started scoring, and then it slowed down, and I think that was the story for all these games. I mean, the Chrome was another one that I bet under, and I was worried about that, you know, the first quarter, second quarter, and that ended up being very comfortably under the the total, so that's, uh, I think, kind of one of my takeaways is um, I I hope we start to get first half unders or first half overs and uh, some live betting soon because I think it will be really interesting. Um, You know, I don't want to blindly play it, but um, I, if we start getting live betting, I'm going to heavily consider taking some live unders, uh, going into the second half, because it just seems to play that teams start out fast. And once these defense gets settled, maybe that's just a, a week, one thing we'll have to monitor that, but, um, it really did seem like teams really slowed down the pace as the games went along. And a lot of these over unders ended up being closer than they maybe seemed at first.
0: Bro, I'll tell you what, if they started having some of those micro markets of team totals and first half unders and things like that, um, I, I, I'm i pulling all my money out of the bank and I am full time going on to solely handicapping lacrosse. I mean, that's basically what I what, what I what I do now anyways, but I have a little bit of work that I sprinkle in. Every now and then. So guys, let's get into this week. Some actionable info for our listeners here on bet on lacrosse Chrome Redwoods Redwoods one and a half point favorites was a little surprised to see them favored out of the gate, um, you know, especially with what we saw from Chrome last week, but definitely the bookmakers not overreacting to week one total in this one 23 and a half and Parker, I'm gonna throw it your way. We brought you back on here, and I feel like it's just been Hutton and I doing the two-man game like we're Lyle Thompson and Asher Nolting. So we got to bring you in, PB. And what are you thinking as we got this Redwoods and, uh, and Chrome, Chrome game coming up? Well, first off, I think we just need to address the fact that the league set the pace for the
1: under all season with that, with that prop. I think that's what we got to take away from there. Yeah, I love it. That's, it's
0: under season for you, my man. Under
1: season. Um, no, in, the, in this Redwoods game, I feel like everyone's down on the woods. And I don't know, I feel biased. I try not to touch Redwoods games if I don't have to because I do like the woods. But I just don't see – I mean, as ugly as we looked last week, I don't see how they come out and lose to the Chrome. Maybe I'm just still stuck on how bad the Chrome played last year. But I just think that Redwoods can pick apart their defense and get in there. So I got Woods' money line for sure.
0: Yeah, and The Crowley- Machine has it
1: at 60%, so I'm not going to shy away from that either.
0: Yeah, and and, and and Chrome in week one was one of my favorite plays just because of the spot. Like, I don't think – I think that maybe we played down a little bit. Um, I, and I don't think they lost because Grant Amon wasn't in the game. But you definitely saw, like, there was, like, a moment where the Archers were just kind of, like, looking around. You know what I mean? Where it was like – they were just looking for that that little spark to kind of vault them back in. And in the second half, that spark did end up coming, but it was just too much of a hole that they got in early when they were, like, doing the whole, you know, palms up, oh, shit, you know, where's Amon throwing me a perfect pass across the middle while I'm wide open because they have to cover our whole entire offense. So I, I think that, you know, they were they were lacking from that. But I also think this spot just sets up for the Redwoods. You know, I'm a major, like, situational better in that aspect, and – I. I too, I wouldn't put the spread into account in this one because um, I think it could end up being, you know, another one goal game. I already have a Chrome ticket in my uh, in my pocket just because I think that that line could could have potentially moved. We haven't seen it do it yet, but um, you know, I still think that there's a, a chance for that to happen on the day of the game that people come sweeping in uh, i would lean redwood's money line but i'm not touching it at minus minus 160 uh i have a best bet coming from this game on a player prop that i'll be giving at the end of the episode but um uh, yeah I, I just can't lay 160 until that juice comes down this is this is a stay away game and i'll just keep the chrome plus one and a half in my pocket um Hunt, and i think you have the same bet because we were going back and forth about that on twitter is that the way that you're attacking it probably not adding anything else to your card from this one
2: yeah, I took it early too, just a half unit, because I thought the line was gonna be move after to opened up at minus one ten. Um I took chrome plus one and a half, ended up getting better at Bet MGM at uh minus one and a half or minus one oh five uh for plus one and a half. But um I actually even though I'm not gonna like double down on the chrome, I'm gonna leave it just at that half unit. I do like them in this game, especially with Perkovic out, um uh, especially with Sexton still out. Um what worries me? What I think could be the Chrome's Achilles heel in this game is T.D. Earl at the faceoff. I think he really has a chance to dominate Connor Farrell, so in hand, the Rebels could get a lot more possessions. Um, But I also think the youth of this Chrome offense, they're they're a good team. like uh, Top to bottom, the Chrome have a lot of key pieces now, and I think they're going to be a good team, and I'm going to back them as underdogs a lot this year. Um, But the faceoff stripe still worries me a little bit. It was a favorable matchup for Farrell last week. And just their inexperience. I could see this Redwoods defense giving this offense some trouble. So whereas I think the Redwoods offense is going to have some trouble with his defense, because I think this defense is much improved. Tara Fanko will Haas are, uh, you know, Terrafenko's been healthy, but Haas is healthy. Uh Mike Messenger played really well at short stick and mini, even added a little bit in transition. Sean is looking great in Cage. So that kind of like makes me think, okay, maybe this could lean like under right now. I'm um, still not bold enough to to bet it just because I feel like on one side, it could be a slugfest between Redwoods offense and Chrome defense. And then on the other side, you could see, um, you know, it, it's very, very up in the air. The Redwoods defense could play as bad as they did last week, or they could really stuff it, you know, stuff the Chrome and take it to them. I don't know. I just don't know how to play it. Um, So that's why going to keep it at the half unit on Chrome plus one and a half. But I do think they're alive to win this game. So if you like what you saw last week, I think that's not a fluke. I think that's the real deal. Um, my only really concern is that I just don't think they have an option. I don't think Farrell. If Farrell can go fifty percent with TD or around that, I think Chrome have a great chance to win this game um, and definitely cover. Um, but if you know Farrell comes out and it's, it's a little bit you know domination by TD, that's when I think you can get into some trouble for the Chrome. So like the half you know Chrome plus one and a half definitely too much juice to
0: take redwoods on the money line and um you know i just don't trust them laying a goal and a half either so we'll roll right into this atlas and cannons game it's the two and a half the line that we have loved just so much total in this one 24 and a half um i think this is going to be another stay away from me I, what we saw last week from the atlas that's why this would be hey, just give me the two and a half and let me kick my feet up because it's been such a profitable endeavor. And I'm going to throw the mic over to Parker in just a second so he can really quantify just how profitable of endeavor that's been. I also lean over in this game, but what kind of scares me is – The odds makers throwing this up 24 and a half, which is a high total for PLL given. But this was the number one and number two team with Atlas and cannons in scoring respectively last week. So, you know, both of these teams just had a major scoring output and now they just throw up. Here's your highest total of the week. It just seems like a little bit of a bait job to me to that over, though I still think if I were to make a bet in this game, I think probably the over is the best way to attack it. Um, so just two leans for me. I lean lay in the two and a half, but I just can't buck what has been an awesome trend. And, and PB, I'll throw it your way to talk about that kind of trend that we've just really been cashing in like crazy.
1: No, I I just I was just going through and I just realized I hadn't put together anything about the two and a half and like scrambling to find something because I, I pulled up this Cannon's teams just on the betting report So I can argue with Hutton
0: here because oh, well, that's well done. Been. Well, I can tell you it's like seventy-eight percent, something like yeah. that. Seven and two against well, a red run for two yeah. and a half dogs, and out of those instances, there's been dogs that have won that outright. So, um, it's just it's just been a great move. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll throw the mic your way, and you guys can just argue over uh, <laughs> how you're viewing this because I know you like cannons. Hutton like that. Like, ding 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 put the boxing gloves on
1: well i mean overall since we started tracking just kind of the betting trends and where stuff's landing i mean we're seven, sitting 70 percent on the plus spread just overall so that alone already pushes me that way but then i'm look i look back at the history and i mean the cannons love to cover i was not aware of how much the cannons love to cover and i mean when they're sitting at two the only game they've ever got at two and a half they covered. And sitting at one and a half, they covered five games. So, I don't – I mean, just out the gate right there, we're already sitting pretty with the plus two and a half and the fact that it is the plus two and a half, which likes to hit anyway. So, I mean, we'll start there, Hutton. I mean, what do you think? And then at the same time, I mean, if you want the numbers to it, the cannons have covered their spread just overall 64% of the time. So, I'm liking the cannons. Normally, I love the plus two and a half. But
2: I'm going to have to disagree with you. I'm going to throw the numbers out because what I saw from the atlas the last week was the most performance since the Whip Snakes in 2020. That was a different environment, you know. They were in the bubble, whatever have you. But I don't think, and it's a knee-jerk reaction that they're now laying two and a half um, against this Cannon's team. And honestly, you know, we haven't seen a three and a half. In the PLL yet. Um, but it's interesting that they're still drawing the two and a half, even though the Cannons had a pretty decent win against the Water Dogs. But I think if you watch those games, um, despite both teams winning by six, the Atlas looked way more complete against the Redwoods than the Cannons did against the Water Dogs. Water Dogs actually won that second half. Um, now, tough to bet against Lyle Thompson, but I think the key areas where I really like the Atlas is Atlas have too many weapons on the field. And in this league, you have to have two strong short stick defensive committees. You could argue that the Cans have the best short defensive MIDI in the league and Zach Goodridge. Um he is that good. But after that, you know, Bubba Fairman's still on the injury report. Tyson Bell, love him in the NLL, plays a little too over aggressive, draws penalties. You put this Alice team on the power play, they're gonna pick you apart. Um Eric Law has been having had a great debut to the season. Um he's just so complimentary to these two quarterbacks of Chris Gray and Jeff Teed. I know that's the what everyone says we said it on PLT we harp on it everyone harps on that but it's so true that um you just have so many weapons on the field who knows maybe we get Romar Dennis suiting up this week too um you got Brian Costabile I just think this is too much for this cannons defense that hopefully we'll have Brody Merrill as the field general back but I don't give that, think that gives that defense too much of an upgrade you know just nice to have a leader of your defense back um not too sold on a lot of these you know polls like Kielty's great. Pulver's great. But they don't really have a true LSM. Hooper played well last week. But, you know, I just don't feel so strongly about this Cannons team. And I think ultimately they might be losing the possession battle if Trevor Baptiste goes off again because Stephen Kelly hasn't historically done well against Trevor Baptiste. Um, They do have Alex Woodall on the roster, who didn't play last week. But um, he's gone toe-to-toe with Baptiste, uh, I believe, in the past when they played in college. If not, I think he does have the ability to... Um, hang with him a little bit, but Baptista just looks so good. So um, I like the over in this game, and I'm laying the two and a half with Atlas. Um, you know, I, I just really like this Atlas team, and I think you know teams will start to figure them out as season progresses. Like that happens in every PLL season. You know, the Whip Snakes had the advantage that they only had to play really five games and then won the championship. Um, but I do think the Atlas are going to be cause a lot of trouble the next couple weeks, and it's going to take some time for teams
1: to really figure out how to beat them. No, I did a lot of I did a lot of looking into the Canons defense just because I did see a lot of people talking about how the Atlas were just going to pick them apart, and I'm like, it can't be that bad. And I will say the the one the most interesting interesting thing I found because I do think this is going to be a big possession game. It's just going to be whoever has the ball last. I feel like I mean it's going to be a one point game. That spread I, as money, you know, but that's just me. But I mean Baptiste is going to win at the stripe. I think we all know that. But Pulver was a league leader in caused turnovers last season and then the Atlas had I can't remember if it was two or three players who led the league in turnovers like lost so that was just an interesting stat that I found and kind of I was, while I was doing my research for player royale this week I was just like I don't know maybe the Atlas just can't keep the ball on it maybe Pulver knocks it out a couple times we get a little swing action I don't know Carraway was one of the players who had a great start this season he struggled
2: down the stretch um, I don't know if specifically how he did in that game he didn't even dress last week now you got Chris Gray and just the Atlas, the ball doesn't stay in their stick long enough for like teams to even really force turnovers. So I don't know. That's just that's just my read on this game. Um, so like I said, I have the Atlas minus two and a half. I have the over. Um, you could t- count these as plays. I took a Lyle <laughs> Lyle Future uh, MVP. So that's that's one that's on the Canon side that I took, and then I took an Atlas Championship Future uh, plus four fifty. I believe still on Caesars. That's the best you can get. It. I don't think it's going to get any more valuable. Like than that, I I think they're gonna you know if they win this week, they'll be lucky if you find anything in the plus four hundred range. So um, that's those are my four bets. I have a third. That's my best bet. We'll get that a little bit later. But uh, that's what I'm taking in this Atlas cans game.
1: Hey, we'll, we'll root for points because I have the over two. Because I mean they're averaging twenty five points in every single game they play. So.
0: I get a rare over from my man Parker Blake right there. Sliding in a little over as he's heading on out. Uh, we also got to do a little backtracking here. We got chaos taking on archers. I think this is a really interesting game just because of um, you know, the 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 struggle the archers had. Um I think also maybe how good chaos looked. I I know that they lose the game, but they do end up covering the spread there. This spread one and a half for archers total. This is the lowest total that there has ever been in an archers game. 22 and a half. The lowest previously was 23 and a half. And they're a team that, you know, kind of trends towards the over. Maybe that changes with Grant Amon, but, the problem with them is they're shooting, the net that they're shooting into is the one that Blaze Reardon is standing in. So uh, that, that that's usually the 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 ceremonial low total whenever Blaze Reardon is in net. You just look, okay, what's the chaos game? Okay, uh, lowest total of the week. But this one's sitting at 22 and a half. Um, I lean towards that under, but... With this archers team, whenever I see a low total with them, even without Grand and it always makes me a little bit sick. Um, and then, as far as just the the, the spread goes, um, you know, Parker was breaking down, you know, how good dogs have been. Well, one team that isn't good, no matter what points you give them, unless it's two and a half, is uh, is uh, chaos. Or excuse me, this was a stat that I actually had for the Chrome. I'm mixing up my my uh, games here. The the stat I wanted to throw in earlier. Um, was uh, Chrome 0 and seven against the spread when they're not getting two and a half, three and zero when they were getting two and a half. So that's a uh, a little post uh, point on that Chrome game. But in this Chaos Archers game, I think the unders probably the best way to attack it. I maybe lean Archers just how bad they looked in Week One. But how are you attacking this one, Hutton? Like in this in this Chaos Archers game, is there anything actionable for you in this one?
2: No, I'm not gonna put anything on here. I would lean under two just because of the presence of Blaze. And these games have historically been low scoring. Um, and I think, you know, we saw the chaos <clears throat> were able to neutralize the Archers offense last year when they were at full strength, and when the chaos defense, in my opinion, was a little bit worse. Now the chaos defense is much more improved with the presence of Brett Kennedy, Zach Geddes. Um, they looked great on Saturday against the Whips. Um offense leaves a little bit to be desired, which also kind of plays into the under. Um, I do think the archers are due for some positive offensive regression. They really weren't finishing a lot of plays against the Chrome. Um, You know, Tom Traver only had one point, but he had, I think 11 assist opportunities. And um, I think they, they, I forget what the stat was, but they just weren't finishing a lot of their plays. So I think the archers could be due for a bigger game, but this isn't the spot that I want to back that. Um, against this chaos defense that looked so good. So I would lean under twenty two and a half, just given that presence of the Chaos defense is stronger and their weaknesses on offense as well. You know, I think they can keep it close by keeping it low scoring and I think this offense is gonna struggle to put up points against this archer's defense. Um but overall, yeah,
0: I'm not playing a side or, or a total on this one. I feel like Parker, you probably have the strongest opinion out of the three of us on this one, so uh, I'll I'll let you give the final words on this chaos. Archers game because it's just it's one that I think is super interesting. I just don't know if there's enough. You know, I I would like to back the archers on the money line, but I think it's sitting at like minus one seventy or something like right like that right now. Um, That's just too much juice to lay with how bad they looked in week one.
1: No, I, I totally agree. I think I think overall the juice this week was just ridiculous. Like, nothing even looks worth playing half the time. But I will say the Chaos game this week is probably my favorite game. And just to keep it quick, um, I will say they're sitting pretty nice covering the spread 69% of the time. They hit the under right around 70% of the time. And I think my favorite bet in the entire league every season so far is the Chaos plus one and a half because they just cover like a monster But you got Blaze in the net, and their totals are around 23, so right above it. It might get a little sweaty, but I'm taking the under with Blaze every single time.
0: So I think we're all looking towards that under. It's low, and maybe it's low for a reason. 22-and-a-half, a a couple leans in an official play from my guy, Parker Blake, right there, also looking towards the dog. Shocker. It's a big shocker right there. Uh, Last game that we have before we get to some best bets in the best bet segment, I actually was able to find one. Just like – Parker said, I mean, this was the week of, of the juice. Like, I, it's return of the juice. I, I don't know how you want to, the juice is loose. However, you want to say it, it's a damn tough week if you're a juice adverse better like most of us here at Bet on Lacrosse. Whips are one and a half point favorites in this one, total 23 and a half I get it that the Whips won last week, but they won by the skin of their teeth, guys. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like I was overly impressed with the whip snakes. If anything, I was overwhelmingly underwhelmed by what we saw from the whip snakes. especially, sure, okay, you're missing Zed Williams, but the Chaos are missing all their horses. You know what I mean? Like, I had buddies who looked at the Chaos roster and they were just like, who are some of these guys? And they gave the Whips all that they could handle. You know, I, I think... I think you're starting to see, I think that in a microcosm, what we saw between Chaos and Whips, just in a vacuum, what it was was the parody of the league really showing itself. Because this is a Chaos team that just won the championship last year that was missing so many of their horses, and it was still a one-goal game. They cover, they took it down to the wire, and then, uh, you know, Uncle Channy comes in and then sends everybody home packing. So um, I lean the Water Dogs in this game because of how bad they looked, and how underwhelming the whips looked as far as all of my leans i think this is the one that i think i could actually get home uh, because i'm getting the one and a half it's a little bit juiced for me right now so i'm hoping people sweep in on the whips on game day so i can get a better price um i would also sprinkle a little bit on the money line on the water dogs i was not impressed with the whips and i also really like buying low on teams and with what we saw last week from the water dogs losing outright this is a really good buy low spot so parker um how are you looking in this game i'm guessing I'm guessing, I don't want to put words in your mouth, I'm guessing you're looking towards the underdog.
1: I mean, I do love an underdog, but I got to say this was totally not from me, purely from the simulation I ran through the machine, but it actually really, I mean, it's probably my best play of the week from just the machine, but it's 66% chance that the one and a half hits. I think you made a lot of great points. The water dogs love to cover. They love being the underdog. So I got to sit with the machine. I got to say with the trend, we're going the dog plus one and a half love the water
0: dogs. Boom. That's a succinct handicap right there. Hutton. anything that's getting money out of your pocket in this one. Cause I know you probably like me, I'm really looking forward to this game. Cause I think we're going to learn a lot about these two teams in this matchup because it's only week two, but it's kind of a get right spot for, for both of them. You know what I mean? So to speak.
2: Yeah, I agree. So that's why I'm going to just sit back and watch. Um, you know, the only thing I could maybe Tempt me to to play is the under in this game, um, just because I thought both defenses uh, are you know top of the the league when they're on their game. Waterdogs didn't look great last week, but kind of they brought it brought it together. Both that both defenses started out slow and kind of dialed it in. What worries me is you don't have Dylan Warden Cage for the Waterdogs again. So the Luca just didn't look great to me. That kind of worries me for you know taking this total. You also have a lot of weapons on both sides, you know. If, if the the t- over still hit in a game with the water dogs over 24 and a half despite them looking awful for a whole first half, um, it's kind of tough to talk me into betting an under after you know they had a terrible first half and still managed to help push that over and you know you credit to the cans too. who put up 16 points, but um, I'd probably lean under 23 and a half if I had to. Um, you know, but again, I mentioned and Apley out this water dogs defense, like you're only as good as your, your worst defender. Um, in these top three polls, these starting defenders for the water dogs are as good as a de- defense you could put together, but, um, they really don't have a true number one short defensive midi. And I think the Whip Snakes could expose that. And, uh, so, but then the Whip Snakes on the other side, you don't have Zed Williams. And we saw last year, the water dogs kind of rolled them, uh, without Zed Williams when he was injured last year. So you could see, you know, I, I think Burnler wasn't at the top of his game. Last game, but I don't know. It, it, it's too much. I see. I just made a case for both sides like three times there. So that's why I'm staying off. Um, you know, maybe consider the under 23.5, but it's a complete pass for me for this game.
0: Yeah, when you flip-flop like three times, that's when you know just like don't put your money on it. You know what I mean? Like, so, like save yourself the heartbreak because all you're going to do is be pissed off that you didn't listen to uh, whether it was the devil on your shoulder that was telling you whips or it was the angel on your shoulder that was telling you water dogs. You're going to be pissed off at one of them. So just stay away from the game when you're flip-flopping like that. Um, I-, I think actually this is trending towards being a play for me. I, I think I am going to take the one and a half if that juice comes down on the water dogs. Um, and-, and guys, let's get into our best bets right here. Um, As we uh, just recapped the entire PLL slate there for you, hopefully uh, you you, you got some actionable info out of that. We have some best bets coming up. But first, I just want to let people know, head on over to the PLL YouTube page. You can check out my new show, Episode 2, Just Dropped with Devin Caney from ESPN Sideline, reporter with NLL, also with NBC Sports Philadelphia. She's a host with Superbook Sports, uh, recorded a great episode with her, about 20 minutes of gold. You can find it on the PLL YouTube. Page. You can also find it at PLL Bet on Twitter at PLL Bets on Instagram. Somebody got to that handle first on Twitter. That at PLL Bet and it's just sitting there. Rabel smart enough to say we're not paying you any fucking money for that thing. What are you you, you try to extort me for PLL Bet's handle? Get the hell out of here. So you can find that. Um, of course, you can follow me at Newbie Talks. You can follow these great guys. As well. Best bet time. It's been a while since I heard of Parker Blake best bet, so I want to get that one right out of the way because Hutton and I have two player props that we may just even be parlaying together if we can talk ourselves into it. PB, the floor is yours. Best bet time.
1: No, I mean I, I really want to get involved with these player props. I just I don't know if it's because I, I'm not very familiar with the game or it's just too volatile. I love looking at a couple of the woods just so I can get some action on the game, that player props, but I don't think I can go away from the under from the chaos. I really can't. That's my best pick of the week,
0: and I want to stick to it, man. Nice and simple, right there. Going towards the chaos in this one, getting the one and a half as they take on the Archers. Um, I'll go first because I want to hear what your uh, what your player prop is. I just hate the juice, and Hutton and I were trying to come up with like a cute name if we parlayed our two picks together. We found no common uh, threads to really make like a fun like screenshot name, but I came up with it. Hutton, we're calling it the FTJ parlay, the fuck the juice parlay because I'm going Jules Hennenberg- Over two and a half points at a minus one fifty, like fu line through and through. This guy's coming off a four point for performance, and now you're missing some pieces for the woods. And I get it; some of them are defensive pieces, but one of them's Perkovich, who they always rely on for you know a deep bomb. To so maybe they're going to look for some scoring elsewhere. Not saying Henningberg's going to go behind the arc; that's not his game at all. But he just came off a four point for performance, and I just wanted to see what he meant to this team and what he's meant as a professional since leaving Rutgers last year, he only played in nine games. He averaged 2.2 points per game. So a little bit light there, but again, there's some pieces that are going to be out and we only need three points of them out of here to uh, this weekend. He didn't play in the bubble. Again, he plays for the Redwoods the year prior though, 33 points in 10 games. I understand they've added some pieces. Pinnell kind of took a little bit of his scoring away as well, but 33 points in 10 games. And then when he also played prior for Florida, 25 points in eight games. So he is a sneaky good pro, and they're putting this line up because it might be a little bit of a bait job after what happened last week. I think it's worth laying that minus 150. So I'm going to take him to have another strong week. Give me Jules Hendenberg over the two and a half. And I think I might just parlay that together for a little FTJ parlay with what Hutton's got for his best bet this week.
2: Yeah, I love that. I'm getting in on that as well. Um, I think I I kind of missed that because it was minus 150 and I was probably just scrolling and, and just didn't notice. I, you know, I'm very juice adverse, so that's probably why, but um, I love this play and let's not forget Jules is coming out party for the Redwoods in 2019 uh, where he had, I think five goals, three assists. That was against the Chrome again, 2019, few years ago, but um, I do like this play a lot. I think he's going to have to come up big for this team, especially if Pinnell's not completely healthy. um, And especially too, if this team is to win against this stout Chrome defense, um, he's going to have to have a big game. And uh, I, I like him. And he's another guy, like even though Brad Smith didn't get home for us last week, he can score goals around the crease in a variety of different ways. He can also feed and assist. So he can do a lot of different things. So that's the nice thing about when you're betting points is you're not just relying on him to get three goals. You're not just relying for him to get, you know, three apples either. He can kind of, you know, mix and match there. So I like this a lot, even at minus one fifty. Um and the second leg of our parlay is gonna be Eric Law over three and a half. I uh, it was minus one ten. I think it's now minus one twenty. Kinda of look in the history again with Eric Law. So he's only had four games in the past twelve games. Uh, where he scored four more points. So, you know, kind of a small sample size there. Um, But his last week was seven goals, and I think you're seeing how much of a benefit he's getting from playing with Gray and Teet. And then last year, his last seven-point game, against the Cannons in the playoffs. So I don't think this Cannons defense is much more improved than they were last year. I think this offense is much better. Um, Teet and Gray are going to draw a lot of attention on this offense. It's going to leave Eric law around the crease wide open for a lot of plays. He had some assists last week as well. So, you know, especially since it's such low juice, I think it's, it's a very benefit of playing over three and a half and then, you know, do a little bit of a sprinkle in that parlay for us as well. So um, that's my best bet. Eric law over three and a half points.
0: FTJ, FTJ, FTJ. So yeah, we're going, uh, and again, you know, we're not like big parlay guys. They're, typically negative ev plays but if you do put those two plays together it's a plus 205 take back so you have a couple extra bucks in your bankroll might be worth a sprinkle i can tell you i'm personally doing it give me jules hennenberg over the two and a half points give me eric law over cosigning his pick hutton jackson three and a half points you take that 110 you take that minus 150 Turn it into a beautiful 205 sandwich. And if you want to just make it a BOL parlay, I won't stop you. You're already betting a parlay. Why not just throw in an extra leg? Screw it at this point. Throw in the plus one and a half. That's the best you get. Best bet for my guy, Parker Blake. That's chaos getting the one and a half. So that's our best bets. That's our thoughts on the slate. Hop in. Let us know what you think. You can always get us on Twitter at BetOnLacrosse. You can also see us at ProLacrosseBets. That's where we drop our best bets. It was a rough week last week. Hutton saved us all. It's a bounce back week here for the boys on pro lacrosse talk for my guy, Parker Blake, for my guy, Hutton Jackson, for Brian Andrews, for Justin Byers. I'm Dan Alexander, and we will talk to you next week with some extra money in our pocket. FTJ, FTJ. We'll talk to you next week.